Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this evening. We praise God for what you've done. We thank you for the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness and the kindness you have shown to us in our lives. We thank you for salvation in Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit of God who dwells within us. We thank you for the Word of God that you've given to us to guide us and direct us and lead us. We thank you for the fellowship we have with one another in Jesus. We thank you for, we thank you for the joy and the, the, the victory and hope and expectation of heaven and your return. We thank you, Lord. We enjoy all of these things, these pleasures, these spiritual pleasures because of salvation in Jesus Christ. We thank God for your faithfulness as our brothers and sisters have sung and led us to the throne of grace tonight. We thank you now for the opportunity to hear your word and to respond to it. We thank you for the fellowship we have around your word as we open your word and we listen to it. And we seek to apply these truths to our life. And we thank you for the Lord Jesus teaching us what it is, what it looks like for us to be a Christian. We thank you for these truths that we learned tonight from Matthew 5. So we pray you'd forgive us of our sins and that you would help us all to receive your word with gentleness and with humility tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good evening. Good to see all of you who are here and those of you who are online. Uh, may the Lord bless you. We miss you. We're glad that uh, you're still joining us. There are, by, there are outlines of what I'll be talking about here and also at the back if you want to pick one up. Uh, if you want to follow along in some detail of what we're doing. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Matthew chapter number 5. And um, we're going to be looking there tonight as we continue to think about the character of the Christian. The Christian's character. And we see it in what are sometimes called the Beatitudes. This is the Sermon on the Mount. So we read, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and after he had sat down, his disciples came to him. He opened his mouth and began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. <clears throat> Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Heavenly Father, now bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. So the focus tonight is this. Our focal truth is around verse number five. So tonight we think about verse number five in detail. I want you to join me. Believers are blessed because of their gentleness. Believers are blessed because of their gentleness. What do we have here in verses 3 through verse number 11? We have the qualities or graces of the Christian life. These are Christian graces. They are given to us by the Holy Spirit. These are 
the qualities and characteristics of what it looks like to be born again or to be saved. We've already seen uh, in uh, verse number three, the first blessing. Maybe I'll read this a different way just to get our minds around it. God blesses the poor in spirit with heaven as their home. God blesses the mourner for his sin by comforting him in his grief. And now tonight, God blesses the gentle giving his blessing on them in the earth or on the, in the world. This is what we think about tonight. God blesses. God blesses the poor in spirit. Christians are poor in spirit, as we've seen before. They are those who recognize their sinfulness. You cannot be saved without understanding you are a sinner. This was John's. This is where we've been on, on Sunday mornings now as we move on into thinking about assurance of salvation, knowing who's here, you're all our, our people, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, so, you know, the, 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 the false security of, you know, I have no sin is a lie, it's self-delusion. But you see, until I know that I'm poor in spirit, I cannot be saved. And as I live for the Lord Jesus, I mourn because I still have in me the capacity to do great sin. As a Christian, I still have in me the capacity to do great sin. We, we say this all the time. We have, we have stories of it all the time in the church. Famous people, preachers, others. They were walking with God, preaching the Word of God, and then they committed great sin. Yes, because we have a sin nature. It ought to grieve you when you think about your old nature trying to pull you back to wickedness and sinfulness. That's what makes us mourn. This is not about mourning and weeping and sadness over someone's death. This is not the sadness of the world. This is, as we talked about in verse number four, this mourning is the idea of that sorrow that we have. It's godly sorrow. And if you're saved, you have godly sorrow. And your godly sorrow is not sorrow about others, it's sorrow about your own sinful capacity. But now we come to this wonderful, sweet uh, spiritual grace, gentleness. You know, some of these qualities we talk about, sometimes people try to associate them with personality types. This is not a personality type. Oh, he's such a gentle soul. Have you ever heard that? Gentle soul. Don't quite know what that means, but this is not about a personality type. Gentleness is a, is a powerful and important quality that describes every Christian's life. Every Christian is a gentle Christian. Or your Bible may read meek, or your Bible may read humble. The, the, the root word has to do with Gentleness. In fact, on your outline, I've given you four little qualities that expand on this. Gentleness. Now, I want you to think about these. I'm using my words carefully here. So when we study and we think about gentleness, what does it look like for me as a believer in Jesus to be a gentle person? Well, I'm glad you asked. Gentleness is, now listen to these words, or you can see them there on your sheet. Mildness of mind and character. 
mildness. You see, there is built into the soul of the lost man and in our old nature an intensity and a severity. Let me just say some words that are, that are very familiar to you because it's the natural person. Let me say the word. Irritation. That's a mental condition. Irritation. How about this one? Aggravation. How about this one? Exasperation. They all sound the same. They end the same, don't they? Intensity. All of these things swirling in our mind. <clears throat> we live in a world, dear ones, we live in a world of people who are still lost in their sins and they live in perpetual irritation, aggravation, exasperation, mental intensity and severity that causes them great trouble. But when we come to know Jesus, He replaces this intensity and this severity with a mildness of mind and character. It doesn't make us less uh, it doesn't make us less valuable. It doesn't minimize us. We, we look at a word like mildness and sometimes say, well, I don't want to be that. Oh, yes, you want to be that. You want to be that. You want to experience and live with mildness of mind and character. So I've given you some examples, uh, some other ways to think about this. Gentleness is willing acceptance of God's will. Or we could use the word, it's submission. It's willing acceptance of God's will. What did Job say? I put it out there to the side. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. This is the language of the gentle. You may not like what the will of God is, what is coming into your life. You may not prefer it. You may not think it's the right thing. But if you are a follower of Jesus and you are, you are living under the Holy Spirit's influence of gentleness, you are willingly acceptant uh, accepting of whatever God puts in your life. Oh, I meant to say, mildness of mind and character. What did the Lord say to the disciples? This is for all of us now. I'm going to quote it, John 14, 27. My peace I give to you. Mildness and peace of mind. What did Paul say in Romans 8? The mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. The mind, this is about our minds. Gentleness, first of all, is a condition of the mind that then expresses itself in the way we live. Gentleness is also a calm quietness or a quiet calmness in the spirit. Now, I'm going to take you to this one. I believe of all of gospel stories, this is my favorite. I love this story. I'd ask you to turn there in your Bible for a moment. I want to expand on it. Luke chapter 8. You know the story well. Luke chapter 8, 22. On the, now, on, on those days, Jesus and his disciples got into a boat, and he said to them, let's go over to the other side of the lake, and they launched out. But as they were sailing along, of course, he was asleep, and the fierce winds came. They came to Jesus, woke him up. Master, we're perishing. He got up, rebuked the wind, and 
surging waves and they stopped and it became calm. And he said to them, where's your faith? They were fearful and amazed, saying to one another, who is this that he commands even the winds and the water and they obey him? Now, notice the natural order obeys him. And now the demon order obeys him. Then they sailed to the country of the Gerizines, which is opposite Galilee, and he came out into the land, and he was met by a man from the city who was possessed with demons, who had not put on any clothing for a long time, and was living, and not living in a house, but in the tomb. So here's a naked man filled with demons out in the tombs. Quite a scary experience, wouldn't it be, if you ran onto him? And all the people knew about him. Seeing Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and, he, and said in a loud voice, What business do we have with each other, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you. I love demons when they beg. I love demons when they beg before the Lord Jesus. I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man for it had seized him many times and he was bound with chains and shackles and kept under guard and yet he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the desert. What a terrible existence. It's the nature of the lost. What a terrible existence to be controlled and driven by your passions and under the control and power of the evil one. Though the world laughs about the devil, they are under his dominion to this very day. And Jesus said, what is your name? And he said, Legion, for many demons had entered him and they were imploring him not to command them to go away into the abyss. I love when demons beg Jesus. Now, there was a herd of many swine feeding there on the mountain, and the demons implored him. Again, begging, begging. Demons begging our Lord. Send us into the swine. And the herd and the demons came out of him. He gave them permission. They came out. You know the story. They went down the bank. They drowned. When the herdsmen saw what had happened, they ran away, reported to the city. And, but here's the verse. The people went out to see what had happened and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting down at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. You see, right-mindedness comes from spiritual mindedness. And spiritual mindedness only comes when you're saved. You're not right-minded when you're lost. You're not. You're not right-minded, but you're right-minded when you become a believer. And this is a picture of gentleness. He was clothed. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and he was in a right mind. I hope tonight that you're not living because of carnality and because of open sin in your life, in irritation, aggravation, exasperation, mental intensity and severity and 
turmoil. These are none of these things. The design and purpose of God for our lives. God blesses the gentle. Because, as I've said to you here in D, what is gentleness? It is a spiritual grace produced by the Holy Spirit. You can't make yourself gentle. You know, so you say, well, I, you know, like a, uh, somebody in my family was talking about um, one of their children. We were all together and she said, well, we're just going to have to teach him to be more gentle. Good luck. Good luck. So what does Paul say to us? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. Same Greek word. Same word. Gentleness. To be gentle, to be gentle is to be right-minded. To be gentle is to be spiritual-minded. I'll remind you of this now. When I talk about spiritual graces, all of these things, these, these experiences of spiritual graces are those which start on the inside and are expressed on the outside. Remember what the Lord said to us? This is, we all know this. What, it's not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's what comes out. What comes out of a man is adultery and covetousness and fornication. You know, the Lord gave the list. Thefts and lying, etc. But you see, when the Holy Spirit is in us, when we are possessed by the Holy Spirit, we receive these graces. These gracious, they're graces. It's the grace of God being expressed and given to us in these wonderful forms. And oh, the blessing of gentleness. Gentleness controls our passions. Number two. You see, this is what we need to help us with our passions, with our emotions. Gentleness is that which controls, or maybe the better word is calms or quiets our emotions. So I come from an emotional family. You know, it's, everybody's emotional and everybody talks at the same time. Nobody listens to each other, but everybody talks at the same time. And they talk really loud. I think I told you the story, Pat, and I were... First married, and we lived in a little garage apartment, and this dear widow lady um, let us have it. She knew I was a youth minister at the little Baptist church there, and, and I went to the little Baptist school there. But they sat across the street, her and her cronies, in a swing, and they always were paying attention to what Pat and I were doing. And one day... This dear lady came to Pat and said, Now, is Mike a pastor? Pat said, Well, he's a youth pastor. She said, Oh, I don't know if he's going to make it because he's talking so very loud. <laughs> well, emotion is real. And sometimes we, we confuse emotions that aren't naturally ours because of our family origin. You can be gentle and yet have emotions that are loud, expressive, vivid. It doesn't mean that you walk around without any emotion, but it is emotion that is controlled by gentleness. It is this, so we, we read in Proverbs 15, 1, a gentle answer turns away wrath. That's a, good, that's a good verse for marriages, isn't it? 
It's a good verse for working with your children, isn't it? It's a good verse when you deal with those who do not like you and oppose you. A gentle answer. Give a gentle answer. Harsh words stir up anger. Gentleness endures hurt from others. I'm just going to describe now and spend some time here going through some qualities or characteristics of gentleness as it is seen as a spiritual grace. Gentleness endures hurt from others. I, I love 1 Corinthians 13. When we, when we go through this list of what it means to have agape love, Christ-like love, we, we do, we're reminded of these very important words. Love is patient. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not gentle. Love is not, is not jealous. By, you notice, by the way, it's interesting to do a parallel study of the fruits of the Spirit and what Paul says here about love. There's a lot of parallels and similarities. Tonight we're not doing that, but it's patient, kind. This is what love is. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag. It's not arrogant. It does not act unbecoming, and it does not seek its own. And look, notice this. It is not provoked. What does it take to provoke you to anger? What makes you mad? Well, some of you were yelling at the TV tonight before you came in here. Why are you doing that? Of what value does that give to your life? It would be better for you to turn the TV off and do something more constructive than for that to provoke you. What does it, I'm, I'm asking you as your pastor. Here we all are, we walk together on this side of heaven. What does it take to provoke you to anger? Well, you see, gentleness is not provoked. The gentle are not provoked. When I'm walking and I'm spirit-filled, I live without, I'm not going to be provoked. I'm not going to be provoked. Now we also see here in his illustration of this, and I'm going to just read it to you, Psalm 38. We can't turn to all these verses, but I want you to see this, uh, this enduring of hurts from others. We're not provoked by what people do to us. We love them in spite of what they do. And look, I know the stories in our own church of terrible, horrible things that have happened to our people and people who've taken advantage of them and, and abused them in great ways. But no one has been abused like our Lord Jesus, who was the gentlest of all. So we must remember this tonight. Gentleness endures hurts from others. Psalm 38, 12, and 13, Those who seek my life lay snares for me, and those who seek to injure me have threatened destruction, and they devise treachery all day long. But notice this, I am like a deaf man. See, this, now, this is the language of the gentle. This is, what, this is what keeps us from being provoked. I am, like, I am like a deaf man. I do not hear. I don't hear it. And I am like a mute man who does not open his mouth. Here it comes at me. Here's all this coming. Here it is. It's all this to provoke me. It's coming my way, but I don't see it, and I don't hear it, and I don't say anything about it. I am a gentle one. Gentleness is forgiving. So gentleness has in it a quality of forgiveness. A gentle spirit is a forgiving spirit. Now let's talk about this. You know, I, I'm going to say this. Please, you know, you know several things. 
There's several reasons why preachers repeat themselves. Number one, they don't have enough material. Number two, uh, they are old. And number three, they're trying to make a point. So I'm going to say something that I will say again. I'll say it on Sunday morning some, and I'll say it again. But, but there are two, I'm convinced that John the Apostle, and I'm convinced why the Lord Jesus said, here's the new commandment, love one another. You know why he said that? You know why John is going to talk about loving others so much in 1 John as we're talking about assurance? It's this, listen. When you love people, it kills sin in your life. Because you can't love somebody in a sinful way. You can't. You know what's a sin killer? Loving your enemies. You know what's a sin killer? Loving people who abuse you, who take advantage of you, and like doing it, and smile as they're doing it. You know what kills sin? When you love other people like Jesus loves us. And going along with that is another sin killer. You know what another sin killer is? Boy, this is a hard one for our people. Look, I've been pastor here. I've been pastor him all my life. I have it in my own life. I have to struggle with this. It's a very real thing in our church. A lack of forgiveness. You see, gentleness is a forgiving spirit. People forget kindness. They always remember hurts. There's a there was a woman on her deathbed who said, I cannot forgive even if I go to hell. Real story. I cannot forgive even if I go to hell. Is it worth that to you, my friend? To carry your, your bitterness and your unforgiveness to the grave with such agony. You see, Philippians 4, 5 said, let your gentle spirit be known to all men. Do people see in you a gentleness? By the way, Paul says, the Lord is near. Be gentle, the Lord is near. Maybe he missed, maybe he, missed he should have said, let your aggressiveness for soul winning be known to all men. No. The Lord is near. Hurry up. Hurry up. No, be gentle. Let everybody know how gentle you are because Jesus is about to come. <laughs> Gentleness forgives. G gentle forgiveness is real. What did the Master say? When the Lord taught about forgiveness in Matthew 18, what a great chapter. The Master felt compassion, released him, and forgave him the debt. That's what forgiveness is, right? What they've done to you, let it go. It's done. Gentle forgiveness is full. What did the Lord say? Now this is a strong word, Mark eleven twenty five. 25. When you stand praying, forgive. How can you pray and talk with God with unforgiveness for others in your heart? And oh, by the way, the Lord says something very powerful here. If you have any... When you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive you for your transgressions. My forgiveness of others is linked completely to my being forgiven by God. It's quite a powerful thought. Gentle forgiveness is often. 
Lord, oh, here's Peter again. Didn't he ask all the good questions? Didn't Peter put his foot in his mouth all the time? Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Seven times? <laughs> I do not say to you, Peter, seven times, the Lord said, but 70 times seven. Gentleness does good for evil. I don't surely have to say to this very mature, wise group here and those listening that we live in an evil world. Surely I don't have to give you that update. It's very real and evil is very real. And the evil one is very real. And it moves as time moves closer to the coming of Christ. The erosion and the wickedness and the evil of the world will grow greater and the darkness will seem to overcome all things. Look, gentleness, the gentle do good in the place of evil. Luke 6.35, love your enemies and do good. That doesn't mean love your enemies and do some good over here. It means do good to your enemies. What? Do good to your enemies. Romans 12.20, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. 1 Peter 3, 9, don't render evil for evil, but a blessing. And then I read these wonderful words. Listen to these words of the gentle. Malicious witnesses rise up. They ask me of things that I do not know. They repay me evil for good to the bereavement of my soul. But as for me, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting and my prayer kept returning to my bosom. I went about as though it were my friend or brother. I bowed down mourning as one who sorrows for a mother. That's gentleness. That's when you hear bad news about your enemy, do you have a party? When you hear bad news about that one who has done terrible things to you and caused you great harm or your family or someone else that you love, do you celebrate? David says, those who were malicious witnesses who rose up and lied about him and they repaid evil for good and grieved his soul. What did he do when he heard they were sick? He was in sackcloth and ashes and he was mourning and praying for them. He hurt for them. This is gentleness. Don't tell me gentleness is weakness. You've got to be spirit-filled to be a gent gentle person. Gentleness is Christ-likeness. Oh, how many times have we heard us the words and read them and taught them? Come to me. What did the Lord say, folks? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. I am gentle. I am gentle. So there's a study that all of us in this room must make, no matter how old you are in Christ. There's a study you must make. You have a homework assignment. It's a homework assignment that you have for the rest of your life. You'll never be past it. You know what it is? The Lord gave it to you right here. He gave you your lifetime homework assignment. Learn, learn. Did you see it here? 
Learn from me. Learn from me. Not, the, not your favorite preacher. Not your favorite fellow Christian. Not your favorite you know, family member who loves Jesus. Learn from me, the Lord Jesus says. And then he says, I am gentle. You got an assignment. For the rest of your life, study the gentleness of Jesus. There's no bottom to it. So what did Peter learn? Peter learned later in life, didn't he? 1 Peter 2, I got it at the bottom of your page there. 1 Peter 2, 21 to 23. For you have been called for this purpose since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example to follow in his steps. Look, here's what I'm saying. How often do you sit and think about the Lord Jesus and his character and his nature? Look, friends, being like Jesus means you study the Lord Jesus. You follow Him. You read what's said about Him. You learn from the Gospels. You spend time on this. Peter expands on it. We follow His steps, he says here. He did not commit sin. There was not deceit in His mouth. When He was reviled, He did not revile in return. While he suffered, he suffered no threats, and he kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. That is gentleness. And finally, gentleness is blessedness. The gentle shall inherit the earth. What in the world? Don't we want heaven? The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof. Isn't that what the Word of God says? Though the devil has tried to take over, though he is, he's pulled off his own little scheme that he's fooled himself into thinking that he will win, the earth belongs to the Lord and the fullness thereof. And there are yet things that will happen gloriously on this earth when the Lord Jesus comes again to reign on the earth for a thousand years. But you see, we're now in the world, but not of the world. But you are, I, I know this is going to be shocking, you are on the earth tonight. Did you know that? You're on the earth. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth that you're on. The earth is the Lord's. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Wouldn't all you cattle farmers like to have cattle on a thousand hills? Especially at today's prices, right, Sid? You see, the gentle are blessed because they're inheritors. The gentle inherit the earth because they have God's blessings on the earth. Are you listening to me? Tonight, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus while you're on the earth. You've been blessed with spiritual blessings while you're on the earth. This very moment and this time. Why does our Lord say this, my friends? Blessed, 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 blessed. This is the very gift of God. This is the very point. You're being blessed while you're on the earth tonight. You're alive under the blessing of God. 
the gentle are blessed on the earth by the blessings of God. And the gentle inherit the earth because they have the peace of God while they're on the earth. Well, I'll give it to you from the uh, New King James. It reads a little bit clearer. 3711, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The world is a filled with turmoil and rage, out of control, anger, hatred, murder, godlessness. And in the midst of it, here, is, here are all of us like we're in Noah's ark. <laughs> we're like we're in Noah's ark. Filled with the peace of God through the Lord Jesus Christ because we're saved. While the world rages around us and is out of control, we're at peace on the earth. It's the story of John Wesley. John Wesley, he, he comes to America as a missionary. He's not even saved. So he fails utterly. It's back on a ship to go to England and those dear, spiritual, wonderful people, the Moravians, the Moravian brethren, they were also on the ship. It got really bad in the Atlantic. It was a terrible storm. Wesley was terrified. He was terrified. He was, he knew it was over. He was going to die a sinner in his sin. He didn't know what to do. He goes up on the deck in the middle of this raging storm on the deck and there are the Moravian brethren in a circle praying and singing hymns. <laughs> she said, what? What do they have that I do not have? You know what it is? Salvation in Jesus Christ. That's the picture of gentleness in a world of rage. And oh, by the way, it's why I say to you every week, the Lord is near to the door. He is coming again. You see, Revelation 5, 9, and 10, you are worthy to take the scroll being said to the Lord Jesus and to open its seals. This is, the, this is the praise of heaven for our Lord Jesus, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe, tongue, and people and nation and have made them to be a kingdom and priest to our God and they will reign on the earth. There are things yet the Lord will finish doing with Israel on the earth and then for a glorious thousand years, yes, I'm like the old dinosaur. I still believe it's literally a thousand year reign of Christ on the earth. Come Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Where will we be? Who will be here? I don't know, but the promise is true. The gentle will inherit the earth with the gentle one, our Lord Jesus Christ. And it will be perfect justice. Glorious times like this earth has never seen when the King reigns on the earth. So what do we remember tonight? Well, look, you all look lovely in your clothes tonight. But there's a garment you must wear. Colossians 3, 12. So as those who have been chosen by God, I'm looking at you, holy and beloved, put on. Here's your clothes. Here's your clothes. This is what people see. 
you see clothes. Some of you say, well, is that the only coat you have? Well, yeah, I like it. So I wear it all the time. So quit bothering me about it. Thank you for noticing I wear the same coat every time. Put on a heart of compassion. People see it. That's part of your clothing. This is Christian clothes. Put on kindness. That's Christian. They see it. It's the clothes you wear. Humility. And here it is. Gentleness and patience. That's the way I dress every day to go into the world as a follower of Jesus. I put on my Christian clothes. And secondly, I learn to hear God's word gently. This is an interesting phrase James has in James 1.21. It often, often it's tied to my prayers when I pray because I always try to make sure I've confessed my sin even before I preach and even before I study God's word. So I want to, I want to receive God's word Sometimes it's translated with humility, but it's gentleness. You receive the word. Okay, so let me read it this way. Receive the word with a calm quietness in your spirit. Listen, I got to finish, but listen, folks, I love you. The Lord said that you will never get anything out of the word of God if you let the cares and worries of the world take hold. It'll choke it out. That's why I sometimes say, well, I, I read my Bible, didn't get a thing out of it. Well, yeah, what, what's your mind churning on? Is your mind at peace and calm? Is there calmness? Is there mildness? Is there willingness and openness to receive what's about to be said to you? See, this is very important. Hearing God's Word gently is the only way you'll benefit from the Word of God. You receive the word implanted. That's what we've been doing tonight for now 30 minutes. We've been taking the word of God and seeding it into our soul and into our mind. So how's it going for you? Will the seeds be taken off by the devil? Will the seeds be on hard ground? Will the seeds be on weedy ground? You got too much cares and worries. You're all bound up, wound up in all this stuff in this world and it doesn't matter to it. It doesn't amount to a hill of beans. And finally, why is this so hard for us to do? I'll tell you why this next one's so hard to do because it kills sin. You got to swallow your pride. Paul put this at the end of Galatians for a lot of reasons. He had just been talking about the fruit of the Spirit, and then he says these astounding words. If anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, make sure you throw them out of the church, and they never have another opportunity to serve. Is that what it said? No. If anyone is caught in any trespass, make sure you make it as public as you can, and you shame people, and you talk down to them, and you act better than them, and self-righteous toward them. Does it say that? No. Why is this so hard for us? Who made us judge of our brother? Who made us judge of our brother? 
There's one who judges me. I have no business judging anybody. What if somebody had judged me, that dear lady? Why, he ain't going to be much of a preacher if he yells at his wife. That's what that dear lady said to me, to my wife in Shawnee, Oklahoma, when I was 20 years old. If anyone is caught in any... Caught! You remember the woman who was caught? We don't know how the Pharisees caught her. <laughs> caught her committing adultery. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? How'd they catch her? If anyone is caught, you caught red-handed in any trespass. Not just the respectable sins that we kind of wink at. Any sin. If anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, this is the mark of spiritual. You want to be a spiritual man or woman? Restore such a one. Now we've got to have some steps. So we got, look, don't panic. Heed the rule first before you make your policy. Restore such a one in a spirit of calmness, spiritual calmness, mildness, and graciousness and kindness. Did the Lord ever restore anybody who was caught in sin? <laughs> oh, that includes the preacher here. I believe it includes every person I'm looking at tonight. When you were caught in your sin and you asked for forgiveness, He restored you. It's a wonderful thing. But you see, to be a gentle church is to be a mark of being a saved church. <laughs> this isn't something we ought to do. It's something we will do. The saved church, <laughs> not the false church, is a church that is gentle. And we look to ourselves. This is the, you know, gentleness has a mirror. I'm always looking at myself as a spiritual mourner. And I'm always remembering that I am poor in spirit. Because I too can be tempted and caught in my sin. Well, that's enough for tonight. Blessed are the gentle, for they shall inherit the earth. Or, let me read it again, God blesses the gentle, giving His blessings to them on the earth, to the praise of the glory of His grace. I warn this church, the Lord is near to the door. And so we pray, come Lord Jesus. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the Word of God, how it moves us when we are ready to hear it. Oh, how I let the weeds get in my heart, Lord. So I pray that you might help me to, by the Holy Spirit, pull the weeds out of my heart and my mind so that the Word of God, the seed of the Word of God, can find a place to grow because we know the seed of righteousness is 
gentleness and patience and kindness. These are the, that's the wisdom that comes from above. Thank you for putting it in us and implanting it in us by the Holy Spirit. May we take the Word of God and as we go home tonight, make it our study tonight to think about, oh, the gentle Savior, the Lord Jesus. And may we learn from Him and clothe ourselves with the same gentleness, knowing that we are blessed in our gentleness. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to see all of you. And if there's somebody here you don't know, look around. There may be somebody you don't know. Say hello to them before you run away. God bless you. See you Sunday. Have a good week.